Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Rowdy Buddhist. It's great to be back again with you to uh, move on with the Eightfold Path. And today we're on number seven, which is right mindfulness. It's important because actually, you know, mindfulness we, we can see pretty much everywhere. I even just took a course on the concept of mindfulness to see kind of a secular way of looking at it because you see a lot of uh, businesses hiring mindfulness experts, etc. And, you know, actually this word has been around in Buddhism for a very long time and now it's gone to the mainstream. And whenever things go to the mainstream, you always have to be uh, aware uh, that they do adjust and change it because, of course, they're trying to sell it or use it in business, etc. So a lot of times the original guiding principles that were associated with it have usually been changed. So that's why this idea of mindfulness that most people float around all the time is actually, I wanted to compare and show how it relates to the idea of mindfulness in Buddhism uh, as a practice and as a, as a uh, tradition. So when most people think about mindfulness, uh, I, I've heard it explained in a few different ways that mindfulness is an observance, but it's a neutral observance. So <clears throat> It's observing something without any kind of emotion or reaction or any other, uh, you know, reading into it, but simply observing it. That means observing it with all of the senses. So being able to feel it, being able to smell it, being able to see it, etc. Uh, and being aware in the moment with, without any judgment, etc. But if you look at, in Buddhism, it specifically says right mindfulness. And then this is all before all of the parts of the Eightfold Path. And the reason for that being is that there is a right mindfulness as compared to just a, a, a regular mindfulness. And this is, of course, towards our goal. You know, in Buddhism, the goal of Buddhism is to attain, to overcome suffering, and to attain enlightenment. So, with mindfulness in Buddhism, the way we look at, how do you say, the uh, secular mindfulness movement is actually an introductory part of how it's taught in Buddhism. Because the first thing is that one needs to observe the mind, observe, uh, be aware, uh, without taking things personally or being afraid, right? So one of the, how do you say, stumbling blocks to meditation is that a lot of times it's, it's very challenging. So if one gets wrapped up in the emotions that come about it, because a lot of times people push those things down, and when they come out, they have a reaction to it. So a lot of times people are fearful of even practicing uh, spiritual uh, meditation, etc. So the idea of right mindfulness at the beginning is, of course, to observe without reaction. But then as we move into the concept of right mindfulness uh, in Buddhism, we need to understand what the purpose of mindfulness. Because the Eightfold Path, each part of the Eightfold Path is allowing us to, like the branches of a tree, being able to understand the whole, uh, through the parts, and all of them are interconnected. But in order to be an awakened practitioner of Buddhism, we need to look deeply and thoroughly into all of these parts of the practice. So in right mindfulness, when it comes to the idea in Buddhism, it, it's based on the idea of uprooting the five hindrances, which are the negative part of our mind and being able to establish the seven factors of enlightenment, which is the positive side of it. 
And when I say remove the five negative, the five hindrances, and to cultivate and renew, as we talked before, the seven factors of enlightenment, it means to understand it's there, to see it, to maintain it, and to grow it. Uh, that means, and when I say grow it, I mean empower it, because there is, uh, you know, the idea of mindfulness or sati, there is a certain energy that's behind it, a positive energy, one that's a sustaining energy, just as we talk about the idea of, of concentration, samadhi means stable concentration. But mindfulness usually means, in the Buddhist sense, energetic mindfulness, means uh, that there's a purpose and a reason that mindfulness is seen in the context of, we see samadhi, which is concentration, being able to concentrate or maintain awareness. And then the idea of sati, or uh, mindfulness, is actually the, the watch person, the sentry that, you know, is able to see what is going on and not be moved by it, but to protect the mind. So we're protecting the mind against the five negative hindrances, being able to uproot them, and being able to cultivate the seven factors of enlightenment. And as I said, that's to, to see them, to maintain them, and to, of course, grow them. And in that, we find that there are actually, in Buddhism, the purpose of mindfulness is to be able to see or overcome specifically greed and hatred. And why do we talk specifically about that? We talk about the three poisons, greed, hatred, and ignorance, right? That it's to be able to identify, to be aware of, and to guard the mind against these poisons. And why do they use the word poison? Because it infects our mind. That once we take it, we may be able to recover, but it also may damage us as well. So to be poisoned is a very serious uh, uh, idea in Buddhism. So we have to protect ourselves through this idea of right mindfulness, which is the sentry or guard or protector of the mind. That doesn't It doesn't allow our mind to wobble because if there is a kind of, uh, how do you say, break in the mindfulness, in the awareness, then it's easy for these, uh, how do you say, poisons to pierce into our body and to, of course, ultimately perhaps kill us. And the idea of killing means to kill the Buddha nature. So what the mindfulness allows us to do is to be able to see uh, and overcome the greed and hatred, which, of course, is based in ignorance. So we go from the idea of greed. Greed is the idea of... Um, being able to not have enough. Like we have the idea of the gaki, the hungry ghost. That is which never is satiated because we always look outside of ourselves and we know by looking outside of ourselves that there is no absolute or everlasting uh, permanence. So that's the idea of the Four Noble Truths that, you know, it's not life is suffering. It is life or things are unsatisfactory. That means they don't give us a satisfactory outcome. So the word suffering is actually... Uh, quite it kind of confuses the uh, people in the Four Noble Truths, but it's actually unsatisfactory. So when we reduce the three poisons, we do this through the four foundations of mindfulness, and the four foundations of mindfulness are what we are able to reflect or use this guard, this sentry to protect. The first one is the body, as we know from Grandmaster Tantai, we need the body in order to practice Buddhism. So therefore. Through the body, a lot of times, is how we experience or react or come into contact with external forces. 
The second are feelings. And this would be more like uh, emotions. That means, uh, you know, our reaction to things. That is, uh, in a way, karma, in a way, um, how do you say, our DNA, etc. The third, that the uh, foundation or pillars, pillar, pillar of mindfulness is in the mind. And as we look, we in the mind, we, of course, are on guard against the three poisons of greed, hatred, and ignorance. And, of course, fourth, they say the word Dhamma, which Dhamma means, the best way to explain Dhamma means how things appear in the mind, or they call objects of the mind. So how we perceive through our sense organs that are interpreted into the mind is Dhamma. So through these uh, four foundations of mindfulness, when we have correct uh, mindfulness, right mindfulness, we have the correct uh, awareness and energy behind our practice. That's why the two essential parts of meditation are samadhi and sati, or mindfulness. So when we put those together and that we've cultivated, as I said at the beginning, it's simply not being uh, led by fear. So fear is a very powerful uh, factor in practicing because most people give up practicing Buddhism because of fear, uh, an innate fear of unknown. And then also the idea that even though those things, as we say in the Four Noble Truths, are unsatisfactory, we can't see anything possibly that's better. So a lot of times, even though it's unsatisfactory and we know it, people will, will cling to it. And that we'll accept that to be reality. And then therefore, that's where the unsatisfactory nature of things. Because we're uh, mistaking golden painted rocks for gold. Where uh, whatever we're seeing is not truly as it is. And then as we go beyond that, we go beyond that fear and we go deeper. So there's a deeper level. But most people practice, especially what they're teaching in mindfulness, is not contained in the idea of correct or right mindfulness. Simply mindfulness. And that needs to be really understood. Because you'll be approached by people going, yes, I practice mindfulness. But in Buddhism, it's the idea of uprooting and reducing the three poisons and the five hindrances, right? So through the idea of the four foundations, the four pillars, the four ways that we understand body, feelings, mind, and dhamma, which is the objects of the mind, which allows us to overcome greed and hatred. That means to relieve ourselves of the three poisons. And those three poisons, of course, are what's causing us to be ill. That's what the teaching of the Buddha is for. So it's really important that we understand the purpose and the goal of mindfulness in Buddhism because people think mindfulness means just to be better at something by being aware and not being moved. But Buddhism has a positive nature to it. That's very important. It's not uh, the factor of indifference. Okay, so it's not about being indifference. There definitely is in Buddhism the correct way and the way of Mara or the way of death which is simply Mara is seen as a murderer. Mara is that idea, the doubt, the fear, which is what Mara is usually seen. They call them the, the, the many Maras in the mind that are constantly, as you saw in the movie Little Buddha, trying to uh, put fear and, of course, confusion in one's mind. But through concentration and mindfulness, which means to be able to see properly, and that's where the seven factors of enlightenment come about, and when we, uh, when those come about, those are the foundations for our liberation, which is ultimately why we... So 
when people are practicing mindfulness, it's in a very basic idea that they're teaching. But we as Buddhists should understand that ultimately, mindfulness allows us to go through, to see, overcome greed, overcome lacking. And then therefore, once we become aware of those and we guard ourselves against that, and through our practice, we then, of course, attain, obtain uh, liberation, which is equilibrium. Ultimately, through the practice of mindfulness and samadhi, we gain joy of practice. Then we gain tranquility and finally equilibrium. But again, the true idea... Now, a century, when I say century for mindfulness, it means somebody who knows the difference between right and wrong, right? Because there's obviously the idea why they say, I think it's sama, which means right, intention. That means in the way the correct or to the extent or understanding of overcoming these, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, greed and hatred, the three poisons. And that we understand that in these four foundations, the four pillars of mindfulness, that we can be able to uh, guard ourselves and our practice against that to give the, with the correct energy. So when you think of the, the idea of a century, of course, if your century is sleeping... <laughs> anything can happen, people can get in, etc. There's no guard. Or if your sentry is a uh, drunk, or if your sentry is, uh, you know, confused, etc. Or being led away or easily distracted, what happens is that you lose the protection. Uh, and that's what mindfulness is seen as. But it's in the idea based on the uh, Buddha Dharma, which is based on the Buddha's teaching. So it's very important. And that the ultimate goal of that is to reduce the three poisons of greed, hatred, and ignorance. So, you know, when we speak to people in the, you know, modern sense, when they talk about the idea of mindfulness, we can share with them and we must be able to distinguish that the idea of right mindfulness in Buddhism as compared to general mindfulness. And again, it's not that that's wrong. Uh, it's just an introductory practice and that you can inspire them to go beyond that uh, into the idea of full liberation or as we say equilibrium from greed hatred and ignorance that's why as we see in cultivating mindfulness it's such an essential factor uh, and that without it uh, we will easily be led astray by the mara or the murderer of our enlightenment of our uh, equilibrium of our compassion etc so therefore it's really essential that we keep that idea uh, very carefully in our mind and protect at all times our gate of our mind through our century of right mindfulness. So I hope this has given you a good insight concerning the act and purpose of mindfulness within Buddhism, and I look forward to the next lecture. Thank you very much.